0: death so that we can be in relationship with him and one of the big privileges of being in relationship with him is that we have direct access in the way that we can talk to him through prayer and lovely Fee is going to lead us in prayer now.
1: Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that Jesus changes everything. We pray that you will give our Woolaware gathering power at this time through your spirit to live by these words of Jesus. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind, and love your neighbour as yourself. Father, we think about the ways we have failed you, have chosen other things over you, or have gone against your ways. We are sorry. We turn away from the times we've been greedy, immoral, or unloving. Thank you that you don't punish us for the wrong we have done, that you've acted with compassion on us. Thank you that you promise forgiveness when we turn to you in faith. Thank you that you promise to help us to grow more like Jesus and leave sinful ways behind. Having confessed our sins, let's continue to pray and bring our needs before our Lord God. Father, we pray for all who are affected by coronavirus through illness, isolation or anxiety. We pray they may find relief and recovery. We pray for those who are guiding our nation at this time and shaping national policies, that they may make wise decisions. We pray for doctors, nurses, and medical researchers, that through their skill and insight, many will be restored to health. We pray for the vulnerable and the fearful, for those who are gravely ill, for those who are dying, that they may know your comfort and peace. And merciful God, we entrust to your care all those who are ill or in pain at this time, whatever the cause, knowing that whatever danger threatens your everlasting arms are there to hold them safe. Comfort and heal them and restore them to health and strength. Lord Jesus, you taught us to love our neighbour and to care for those in need as if we were caring for you in this time of anxiety, give us strength to comfort the fearful, to tend the sick, to assure the isolated of our love and your love for your name's sake. As we move towards meeting face to face again as a church, give us wisdom, patience, and love for one another. Guide our pastors and leadership team as they make tough decisions. Help us as individuals and as a church family to look out for others more than ourselves. Help us to look for joy, not problems, as our minds are shaped and renewed by your Holy Spirit. Help us to trust in your power of renewal rather than dwell in the past. Father, keep us all under the shadow of your mercy in this time of uncertainty. Sustain and support us when we feel anxious and fearful. Lift us up when we are brought low, that we may rejoice in your comfort knowing that nothing can separate us from your love. And Father, we commend ourselves and all for whom we pray to your mercy and protection. We pray these prayers through the name of your Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ. Amen.
0: Thanks, V. Uh, some news for you all. Uh, the first thing is that the Soul Revival Council continue to work tirelessly to figure out how we can start meeting together again um, and the council is made up of our pastors our volunteer pastors our wardens the Bereans the councilors and all the central coordinators from all of the different services across Yarrawarra, Kirui and woolware uh, and this morning they all 70 of them uh, met together to do the first kind of trial run of putting into practice all of the procedures that we've come up with to try and get church happening again Uh, so I'm sure that after some review of how all of that went um, seeing what needs to be streamlined more information will be coming but we just wanted to keep you updated that things are moving forward uh, and we're doing our best to be able to meet together as soon as we can in the safest way that we can. Uh, So that's exciting. Uh, Next, we are going to cross to Hayden, who has another uh, important announcement for us about the upcoming AGM. And then after that, Ian will be reading the word for us. So stay tuned.
2: Hello, everyone. This is a notice from the Wardens of Soul Revival Church that we will be holding the church's annual general meeting on Wednesday, 22 July at 7.30 p.m. The meeting will be held onsite at the factory at Kirawi. You can only participate by attending in person. At the meeting, we will hold elections for wardens, elected council representatives, nominators and synod representatives. We'll receive a report from the treasurer and the senior pastor. We're calling for nominations for the elected positions to be sent in by email by Sunday, 19 July. To nominate someone, send an email to us with the name of the person you are nominating and the position. We need the person who is nominated to consent. So we suggest that you copy them on the email and they should reply all indicating consent. Please send emails to office at soulrevivalchurch.com That's office at soulrevivalchurch.com This message will be repeated in services leading up to the AGM. Any questions, ask a warden. These details and the warden's email addresses will be on the website. We look forward to seeing you at the Soul Revival Church AGM on Wednesday 22 July at 7.30pm at the factory in Kirawee. One way. My son, do not forget my teaching, but keep my commands in your heart, for they will prolong your life many years, and bring you prosperity. Let love and faithfulness never leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Then you will win favour and a good name in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not in your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him,
3: and he will make your paths straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes be as a lord and shun evil uh thanks ian for that reading that was uh, fantastic thank you for doing that while you're away for the weekend i know you're watching uh you and lindsay so it's good to uh good to have you guys online with us we thought we'd do something a bit different be a bit outside very wool like with the sun setting and it's and it's nice uh, so it's good to good to try something a little bit different and as we move in our series we're actually doing something a bit different because we looked at chapter 9 last week, and today we're actually going to look at chapters 1 to 8. So we're actually going backwards. And the reason why we're doing that is because throughout Proverbs, as we've seen, it's a lot about uh, wisdom. It's talking about wisdom, how we get wisdom. Uh, chapter, chapter 1, we are told that to get wisdom, or the beginning of wisdom, is actually fearing God. And so we talk a lot about wisdom, but there's, another, there's, a, uh, there's a flip side that we need to be thinking about. And we're going to talk about that uh, today. And uh, I'm going to pray for us So we, uh, before we get into it. So let's do that. Uh, dear gracious God, we thank you for your word. And we thank you for the opportunity to dive into it, even uh, in this online way, even with cars going past and birds flying around. It's great just to be your people under your word and right now uh, out in your creation. But Father, we pray that uh, that you would remove distractions for us, and you help us to zero in and focus in on your word, so that we may be well warned, as Solomon warns those who read the book of Proverbs. And so, uh, yeah, so Father, we pray that you would be with us, and you and through your Holy Spirit, Father, that you would be teaching us how we can live more for you. And we pray this in Jesus' name, Amen. Well, as we look at uh, this of these eight chapters really we're not going to go into every chapter and we're not going to go through verse by verse otherwise we'll be here all day so be uh comforted by that fact that we're not going to be here for hours uh plus it would get pretty cold pretty quick if we were here for too much longer but as we look at this I, i i don't know if you've been watching things on netflix or even if you've seen this movie before or read the books or anything like that but uh during this time I've been watching a bit of Netflix. I've been watching uh, Lemony Snicket's uh, A Tale of... Uh, sorry, a series of unfortunate events. Uh, it'd be good if I could get it right. I've been watching it. Um, and if you don't know what that is and you want to watch it, I'm about to spoil it for you, so put your fingers in your ears and hum along for a little bit. But the basic idea of the movie is that there's three kids, not four kids, three kids, uh, who, whose parents uh, perish that's the word that gets used quite often in the, uh, in the, the books and in the, the series. And they get shuffled around to various guardians who are looking after them. And one of those guardians is a failed actor by the name of Count Olof. Now, he is not a very nice man, and he knows that these kids will inherit a fortune when they reach a particular age. And so he comes up with a cunning plan to get in on that inheritance, actually to get that inheritance for himself. But a whole bunch of things happen and these kids get taken from his care as guardian and placed into other relatives and friends and whatever else uh, who look after them, who are become guardians. But what Count Olaf does is he disguises himself as different people along the way to kind of weasel his way into these situations and into these people's lives. And he does it in a very very sneaky way. He He plays to people's... Uh, I guess, desires or wants, and he entices them and tempts them to, to do things that they wouldn't normally do. And some of them actually get so enticed by Count Olaf, they actually meet their death. And they actually, you know, they die. And the kids get moved on and, and so forth. Now, the reason why I bring that up is because often we don't talk about sin like we look at a character like Count Olaf. We talk about sin being evil and horrible and nobody ever wants to do sin. Nobody ever wants to sin. You want to run away from sin. And that's right. We do talk about it like that and it's good to talk about it like that. But there is something else about sin that it's very enticing. It's tempting. It's pleasing. And it tries to to entice us away from fearing God. Now remember we talked about fearing God as a positive, of being in awe of giving reverence to God. And so sin will try and lead us to a different path, a path away from God. And we find that this, this idea, this following this path of sin away from God gets referred to quite often in the book of Proverbs as folly, or the way of folly, or lady folly. This is uh, to give us this idea that there is something that's competing against God's wisdom, something that is not worth pursuing, but feels so wonderful and tantalizing, that we just want to chase after it. And what ends up happening is it actually, the, the the way that it disguises itself, folly and sin disguises itself, it does it in a way that actually plays to one of our weaknesses. It's a weakness that it was seen right at the beginning in the garden with Adam and Eve. And that, that weakness in you and me is that we want to be independent. We want to be autonomous. We want to lean on our own understanding. We want to be wise with the things that we know. But the problem is, is that for Adam and Eve and for us and for human beings for centuries before us and after us, is that when we lean on our own wisdom and our own understanding, it's like leaning on a walking stick that has been eaten out by white ants. When you lean on it, it crumbles and you fall. It's not something that is worth leaning on. Is something, it's not something that's going to hold you up when you need it most. And so what we find in these first eight chapters is actually the opposite of wisdom, which is folly. And that folly, as I said, plays to our weakness of wanting to be in control, to leaning on our understanding. And it, it disguises itself in many ways. A bit like Count Olaf who disguised himself... It, it, You've got to watch it to to get, I I can't describe them. They are fantastic and it is really worth watching. Just doing a little plug there. Uh, But sin does the same thing. Sin has existed from the beginning of uh, Adam and Eve. That's when we see sin come in, when they eat the fruit. And it actually hasn't changed throughout the ages. It is still the same today, but it just wears different clothing. It just has different disguises. And in Proverbs, we have a whole bunch of them. I'm just going to pick up three, and they're three that we've been looking at in our studies. And I just want to touch on them really quickly. I'm not going to dive into them, but I just want to touch on them just to give us a bit of a glimpse of the disguises that folly that sin wears to try and entice us away from God, to entice us away from following that path that God has laid before us and following the path of folly. And the first one is this. And this is in Proverbs chapter 1, verses 10 to 19. And it's, I guess to summarize it, it's the disguise of power or authority. See, in those verses, we see almost what's... It's almost like someone joining a gang, really. But it's that idea of having power over somebody. Now, in this chapter, it's about using violence to get that power. Sometimes we do that still. Sometimes we use our words. As a, as a way of being violent towards other people, by putting people down, by not treating them as the way, the way that God has called us to do that. I know during high school, you, the one who had power was the one who had the quickest uh, comment or put down or come back. That was the person who had power. Really, the idea of this, uh, this disguise, I guess, is it's a disguising, in a way, it's uh, disguising bullying, really. And that happens in many different ways, not just in, in actions, in words. It happens in many different ways. But the, the Solomon here is, is sitting with his son and saying, don't get caught up in those things. Don't get caught up in the, the enticement that power will bring you happiness and security and wealth and all those things. Now, if you've ever watched a gangster-type movie, you know that the one, the gangster who rises to power through violence and whatever else is the one that everybody tries to dethrone and everyone's out to get. They're all out to kill him and everything that he stands for. See, the thing with power is as you get more and more power, you want more and more power and other people want that power too. And so they're out to get you and it actually comes to ruin and it will lead you and I to ruin if we follow sin down that path if we grab hold of the disguise that is the sin in the power and the authority that can be given through ill gain, we walk so far away from God and the way that He's created us to live life, it'll actually bring ruin to us, not actually life. It brings death where life should be. And that's the first one. The second one I want to point out is uh, in Proverbs chapter 5, in the first 14 verses there. Now, there we find that, uh, that adultery is at play. Now, when I talk to my kids about this stuff, they find all these sorts of words kind of tricky and whatever else, and sometimes they'll say funny things like, oh, we're talking about the sexy stuff now. And that's kind of what, I guess, Proverbs 5 and 6 and 7, actually lots of places in the first part of Proverbs actually talks about, this kind of sexy stuff. That is the stuff where the idea or the, the enticement of pleasure of the flesh is so good, it seems so sweet, See, it says there that her lips, that, that this type of pleasure is so sweet, it's like honey. Now, I don't know, I've, I've, I think I've said this number of times, I confess this quite often, That my, I have a bit of a sweet tooth, I don't know if you do, I know some of you have more of a savoury kind of bend, but uh, my go-to food is ice cream. And I would happily sit and actually have been and probably need to do a bit of exercise because as watching uh, this Lemmy Stickets uh, TV series, I sit with a a litre of ice cream and I eat it over across one or I'll say two, but it's usually one uh, episode. Uh, And and I love it. Like I love ice cream. And those first few mouthfuls are so sweet and delicious. And I think this is the best choice ever. This is, this is what I should be doing. This is how I should be living my life, sitting here watching TV and eating ice cream. We're going to get to that in a moment. But the problem is that by the time I get towards the end of the tub, yes, a litre of ice cream, you can tell me off later. I know it's bad for me, but I like it. I get to the end and I start feeling sick. I start going, no, this was a bad idea, bad choice. The sweetness has gone. Now it's just the feeling of I've eaten too much dairy. There's too much ice cream. I need to move. I think i'm going to be sick now that is what solomon is talking about here the the pleasures of the flesh this disguise of sin that comes in with the pleasure of the flesh seems sweet at the start but it actually as you get caught up in it it actually stops being sweet it loses that sweetness of honey and actually becomes sour becomes bitter it becomes almost like vomit in your stomach and that's a gross kind of thing but that's the idea See, as, as we get caught up in those things, even though it seemed good at the time, we realize that it is actually unhelpful. And it too, we're told, actually leads to death. It leads to calamity. It leads to ruin. And that's not just, to the, that's not just in the life of the other person and of you, but those around you are, are affected by it as well. It is a sin that impacts many people, as does all sin. Whether we think it or not, whether we think it's in secret and no one sees it, it still has an impact on others. And so solomon warns to not be tricked or tempted or enticed by the disguise of physical pleasure but there's the other one and i just touched on it before and that is the disguise of laziness that is that that we just want to we just want to uh i guess entertain our life away we just want to watch netflix or stan or whatever it might be or youtube instagram social media all that sort of stuff or gaming all those sorts of things there's this there is a there is a temptation for us to just relax and enjoy our entertainment to relax and kick our feet up and lie on the lounge to lie on the couch and, you know that's why they do those uh those uh, those apps the, you know the couch to 5k so i think it's to try and get you off the couch to try and stop being lazy Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes people do the 5K and they go straight back to what they were doing before, go back to the couch. That's okay. But, uh, but there, there, is a, there, is a, there is a problem with laziness is that we can get so caught up in resting that we will put rest before everything else. We'll put rest before reading God's Word. We'll put rest before praying to God. We'll put rest before being accountable and discipled or discipling somebody else rest will become the dominant force in our life if we let it this laziness now i'm not saying rest is a bad thing rest is good god made rest for us you know when he created it was six days god worked and on the seventh he rested and we are to do that too we are to rest but we are to rest and work in equal amounts we're not to let either take over our lives and in fact, that's why this, this imagery of a slug and an ant are used. See, ants are tireless workers. In fact, I was looking, uh, doing a bit of research, and there are a, a, a I was going to say a tribe, that's not it. I don't know what they are. A colony. colony, thank you, Fee. A colony of, uh, of ants that the worker ants only sleep for one minute at a time. Now, they'll sleep four hours across the day, but they'll only sleep one minute at a time. And what that means is that while they have their little minute of sleep, all the other ants are still working. It's not like they all go, okay, look, it's 3.45, Uh, everyone, minute, sleep, now, and everyone goes to sleep. No, they take turns at sleeping so that work still happens. They rest, but they are all making sure that work is happening as well. Now, I'm not saying go out and be workaholics. Please don't hear me saying that at all. We rest just like the ants rest. They, they rest with intent. They rest to recharge, to replenish, so that they have the strength and the energy to keep working. Not just working in their gathering, but also working on being a colony. And we are to work at being people of God through our reading of God's Word and our prayer and our, our getting alongside each other and loving each other as feet pray for us. And not to be like a slug. Now I don't know if a slug's actually lazy. I just see slugs as as slow and slimy, and in my mind that's laziness, right? When you are in that kind of mode of being lazy and sitting on the lounge, I just thinking you're not moving, and you probably haven't showered, so you're probably a bit slimy. I don't know. That's just anyway. Maybe it, maybe that's just me. Um, And so there's this idea that we need to be guarded against the disguise of sin in this this form of laziness. Because it sounds good. It's like you've worked hard. You need to rest. You've you've earned this. Or I guess it comes in the procrastinating. Like we, we procrastinate so much sometimes, don't we? We just put things off until they get too much and then we freak out. These are just three disguises that we find in the book of Proverbs in these first eight Chapters. And I encourage you to go and have a look and see these other disguises of sin and of folly in these chapters. Because not only are we to be wise and to seek wisdom, but we also need to know what sin and folly looks like so that we can stay clear of it. I was watching a, uh, a Bear Grylls episode recently where he took Chan, uh, Channing Tatum, that's the, I always get his name muddled up, uh, into the into the wild and he asked him to go and find girls asked him to go and find food you know in the bush and he brought back a bunch of things and funny enough one of them was a slug and bear girls went no um, and there was a few other things that he could eat but then there was a a plant that had these berries on it that looked really good they looked sweet they looked lovely but they were actually poisonous and Channing Tatum didn't know that, and Bear Grylls pointed out, said, if you see these, don't eat these. This is what Solomon is doing as he points out these disguises. He's saying, look at them, see the disguise, and don't go near them. They are poisonous. They are poisonous to your life. Now you might be thinking, well, what what are we doing with all this? Well, I want to say that there there is that path that leads down the path of folly, the path of sin, but there is an alternative. And that alternative is actually turning to God and putting our trust in Him. Looking to Him for His understanding. Learning from Him and actually seeing that in God, we have the foundation that we can lean on. In fact, not just that we can lean on, that we can build our lives on. We have the foundation that will actually give us uh, will build us a life that actually is a life that is lived to the full. That's what Jesus says he did in, in John 10.10, that he came to give life and to give it to the full so that we would live our life to its, its utmost, that we'd live a life that we were designed to live. And that's what, that's what uh, Solomon is doing here in Proverbs. He actually says that in chapter 2, verses 6, where he says, The Lord gives wisdom, from his mouth come knowledge and understanding. See, in God is a solid and reliable platform, a foundation for our understanding, for our wisdom and for our knowledge. And so as we read, as as Ian read for us in chapter 3, we see there that we are to seek God with all our heart. That we are not to lean on our own understanding and think that we are wise in our own eyes, as we see in verses 5 and 7 of chapter 3 but we're actually to lean on the one who is wise, who has understanding, who is worthy. And we are able to do that. We're able to stand in God because of what He has done for us by sending His Son, Jesus, to die on the cross, to take away our sin. For all those times we followed sin down that path, That we got enticed by sin. That we got confused by the the, the disguise of sin. That we were tempted and enticed down that way. God, through Jesus, calls us back to himself. So that we may walk down the path of wisdom. The path that is God's path. And Jesus dies on the cross to get rid of all of what has happened on that journey. And as He does that, when He dies on the cross and goes back to heaven, He tells us that He sends His Spirit to be with us so that we will not journey alone. That as we journey on that that journey with God, that journey of wisdom, that we have someone there to help us. We have His Spirit, the Holy Spirit with us. And so we journey down this path, not alone. And we need to make sure that we are listening to God's Word and letting His Spirit speak to us through His Word so that we will know the disguise of sin, the disguise of folly, and we won't be enticed and tempted down that way. And so I want to encourage you in this time as we are coming out of our restrictions and as we are moving back to a time really soon to being able to do this face-to-face, and I won't have to look at this camera and you won't have to, well, actually, you might miss it because you can mute me at any time, and you might miss that opportunity. We will see if we can work that into our, our, the way we go back. Uh, but as we, I don't know what I was going to say, oh, as we come out of this, I want to encourage you to be, to be wise, to be vigilant, to see, to look, and to see the deception of sin, to see how it entices and tempts, to see its disguises, and to be able to call it for what it is. Yes, sin is horrible and evil when we want to flee from it, but it is sometimes, it seems really sweet. And Solomon teaches us how we can stand and actually run from sin when it comes. Solomon gives us the the framework to be able to do that. And I encourage you to read through these first eight chapters and see what Solomon says, to hear what Solomon says and to see the disguise of sin so that we may flee from it together. We're going to pray, uh, we're, I'm going to pray, and then we're going to uh, finish up with our last song. So let me pray for us. Dear gracious God, we know that that, uh, that sin is deceptive, that it is tricky, and that it disguises itself in, in ways that, that really chip away at our weaknesses. So, Father, we ask that you would strengthen us through your Son, that you strengthen us through your Spirit and through your Word that we would be people who would daily read your word so that we would know the pitfalls, that we would know the enticements of sin, but more than that, so that we would know how to stand firm on the foundation that is Jesus. Father, I pray that we would build our life on Jesus, not on our own understanding. And Father, I pray that as we do this, we pray that it will bring you honour and glory as we experience the life that you have called us to live. Amen.
2: Thanks again for listening to the Soul Revival Church podcast. Uh, Just a reminder, if you want to watch any of these services that we hold live, you can go to soulrevivalchurch.com and you can see all the gatherings at the top of the page. You can choose anyone you wish. It can be on Friday, Saturday or Sunday. Thanks again and one way. Music is OK by Ixet.